Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into A Little History of Philosophy by Nigel Warburton. This engaging volume escorts us through the grand journey of philosophy spanning over two and a half millennia. From the inquiring minds of ancient Greece to the profound thinkers of 20th century Germany, Warburton presents the age-old questions of philosophy in a manner that resonates with the contemporary reader. Philosophy's quintessential inquiries into existence, ethics, and knowledge are made accessible and compelling, bridging the gap between past and present. Nigel Warburton, a distinguished British philosopher, columnist, and esteemed podcast host, brings his extensive experience and passion for philosophy to the forefront. Known for presenting the Philosophy Bites podcast since 2007 and authoring several noteworthy books, including Philosophy, The Basics, Warburton has a knack for making complex ideas understandable and relevant. A Little History of Philosophy is tailored for history enthusiasts eager to trace the evolution of philosophical thought, curious minds contemplating the meaning of life, and anyone looking to navigate the often daunting terrain of philosophical jargon. Join us as we explore the minds and ideas that have shaped the course of human thought and continue to influence our world today. A Little History of Philosophy Discover the thinking that shaped the history of philosophy. Introduction Embark on a journey through time with philosophy's greatest minds. Imagine standing at the crossroads of history and thought, where questions like, how should I live, and what is truth, are not just whispered by the winds of time, but roared by a chorus of the world's greatest thinkers. Philosophy, with its rich tapestry of inquiry, has been the arena where such timeless questions are wrestled to the ground, often leaving more questions in their wake than answers. Yet, it's this very struggle, this quest for understanding, that has made philosophy an evergreen field, blossoming with insights that shape our lives and thoughts. But, let's be honest, diving into the depths of philosophical musings can sometimes feel like trying to swim in a sea of molasses. The language can be labyrinthine, the concepts abstract to the point of being arcane, and the assumption that we're all walking encyclopedias of philosophical thought doesn't help either. It's no wonder then that many would-be philosophers turn away from the feast of ideas, discouraged by the daunting gatekeeping of complex jargon. Yet take heart. The essence of philosophy is not lost to those who wish to navigate its waters without getting entangled in an alphabet soup of technical terms. By focusing on the luminous ideas of some of history's most intriguing philosophers, we can strip away the complexity and get to the heart of what makes philosophy so captivating. This journey is not about decoding dense texts, but rather discovering life-enriching insights hidden within seemingly simple concepts. As we embark on this exploration, we'll uncover why the fear of death might just be a fear of the unknown, Why Nietzsche's critical eye towards kindness was more about strength than cynicism. And how being forced to be free isn't an oxymoron but a profound insight into the nature of freedom itself. Welcome to a narrative where the thoughts that have shaped the world are within our grasp, 
ready to be understood and appreciated in their most engaging and enlightening form. Let's redefine philosophy not as a fortress of exclusion, but as an inviting garden of ideas, where wisdom is not whispered but shared openly, inviting us all to ponder, question, and grow. Part 1. The Dawn of Philosophical Thought. How Socrates and Plato Set the Stage. Picture the bustling streets of ancient Athens around 2,500 years ago. Amid the throng of citizens, you encounter an intriguing figure, a man whose outward appearance might not turn heads, but whose intellect is unmatched in the city. This is Socrates, an individual whose passion isn't for worldly possessions but for the pursuit of wisdom. Socrates had an insatiable desire to probe the minds of his fellow Athenians, engaging them in discussions about morality and the essence of truth. Yet he often found their responses lacking depth, mired in unexamined beliefs. Socrates himself left no written records. Instead, it was through the efforts of his devoted student, Plato, that we come to know the profound dialogues and questions posed by Socrates. Plato, a towering figure in philosophy, not only chronicled his mentor's wisdom, but also contributed significantly to the philosophical tradition. At the heart of their contributions is a shared dedication to seeking deeper understandings and challenging the accepted norms. Plato's allegory of the cave serves as a vivid illustration of their quest. In this narrative, individuals confined to a cave and only familiar with shadows projected on a wall are unaware of the world beyond. The philosopher, in contrast, is depicted as someone able to escape this confinement and behold the world in its true form. This allegory aligns with Plato's theory of forms, a concept asserting that beyond our physical realm lies a domain of ideal forms, the true essence of all things. For instance, while we recognize various objects as tables, there exists an ideal form of a table, an essence that surpasses its physical manifestations. Similarly, what we consider good actions are merely reflections of a pure, abstract ideal of goodness. The task of discerning these forms, Plato argued, is the domain of philosophers, given their capacity for deep thought and reflection. In fact, Plato went as far as to suggest that philosophers, with their elevated understanding, are best suited to govern society. However, not everyone in Athens shared this enthusiasm for philosophical inquiry. The revolutionary ideas proposed by Socrates and Plato were seen by some as threats to tradition and public order, leading to accusations of corrupting the youth and impiety. These charges ultimately led to Socrates' trial and his subsequent death by poisoning, a tragic end for a questing spirit. Yet, the legacy of Socrates and Plato endures, igniting the flame of philosophical inquiry that continues to inspire thinkers around the world to this day. As we reflect on their teachings, we're reminded of the power of questions, to not only seek truth but also to challenge and expand our understanding of the world. Part 2. Aristotle. Charting a Course Toward Human Excellence. Imagine venturing into the great unknown of intellectual exploration, where the path less taken beckons with the promise of revolutionary insights. This is precisely the journey Aristotle embarked on, diverging sharply from the footsteps of his mentor Plato, 
to forge a new direction in philosophy, his audacity to question and redefine the nature of reality and our purpose within it has made his work a cornerstone of philosophical thought. Aristotle's quest for understanding led him to scrutinize the physical world with an unprecedented level of detail, blending what we would today consider science with deep philosophical inquiry. His approach was groundbreaking, focusing not on abstract ideals, but on the tangible, pulsating fabric of everyday life and the natural world. Central to Aristotle's vast corpus of work is a seemingly simple, yet perennially complex question, how should we live? This query, while pondered upon by both Socrates and Plato, found a unique answer in Aristotle's philosophy. He proposed the concept of eudaimonia, a term that transcends the fleeting nature of happiness to encompass a state of flourishing or well-being that is the pinnacle of human existence. This flourishing, according to Aristotle, isn't akin to momentary pleasures, but is about realizing our fullest potential. It's the kind of success that a plant might achieve when it fully blossoms. Underpinned by the right conditions and notwithstanding the inevitable external factors that might impede its growth. But what sets humans apart in their quest for eudaimonia? Aristotle posited that it is our capacity for reason. This unique function distinguishes us from other living beings and serves as our guiding light towards a fulfilling life. However, the journey doesn't end with recognizing our rational capabilities. To truly flourish, Aristotle argued that we must cultivate a character marked by virtuous habits. In Aristotle's view, virtue finds its expression in moderation, a golden mean between two vices. Imagine courage as a virtue. On one end of the spectrum, deficiency in courage manifests as cowardice, while an excess of it leads to recklessness. The virtue of courage, then, lies in navigating these extremes embodying a balanced approach that Aristotle deemed essential for achieving eudaimonia. Through his insightful explorations, Aristotle charted a map towards human flourishing that emphasizes the importance of rational thought and virtuous living. His philosophy invites us to examine our own lives through the lens of reason and virtue, presenting a timeless guide towards realizing our highest potential. Part 3. Epicurus champion of serenity and simplicity, death, a notion shrouded in fear and uncertainty, haunting the human psyche across age and culture. Yet amidst the ancient splendor of Athens emerged a philosopher who dared to challenge this pervasive dread. Epicurus, a thinker whose name nowadays evokes images of indulgence, actually preached a message far removed from hedonistic excesses. His philosophy offered a radical yet simple proposal that fearlessness towards death and an appreciation for modest pleasures are the keys to a content life. Epicurus's perspective on death is straightforward and surprisingly comforting, since death is the cessation of consciousness, fearing it is irrational. We do not experience the state of being dead, similar to how we don't suffer from any discomfort about the time before our birth. Embracing this view liberates one from the existential angst that often accompanies thoughts of mortality allowing a focus on living fully in the present. Epicurus's teachings hinge on a philosophy that champions a life rich in simple joys over a meaningless pursuit of excessive pleasures. Central to Epicurean philosophy is the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain, not as a call to hedonism, but as a guide to living wisely. For Epicurus, 
True happiness is found not in momentary delights or material excess, but in the enduring satisfaction derived from simple, readily accessible pleasures, notably friendship. This form of happiness, unparalleled in its fulfillment, is immune to the whims of fortune and is within everyone's reach. In contrast to the common misinterpretation of Epicureanism as a quest for luxury and unrestrained pleasure-seeking, Epicurus advocated for a measured and mindful approach to desire. He believed in curbing one's ambitions and appetites, finding deep contentment in the modest and the mundane. His vision of the good life was one of ethical simplicity, rooted in a community of like-minded individuals sharing bonds of friendship and mutual support. Over time, however, the essence of Epicurus's teachings has been obscured, twisted by centuries of misconception into a caricature of indulgence. Even in his own era, unfounded rumors painted his community in Athens as a den of vice, a gross misrepresentation of his advocacy for a virtuous and satisfying existence free from the terror of death. Epicurus's message, when stripped of these misinterpretations, remains profoundly relevant, advocating for a life that cherishes simple pleasures, values friendship above all, and faces the inevitability of death with tranquility. In an age of constant pursuit and pervasive fears, the wisdom of Epicurus invites us to reconsider what truly constitutes a fulfilled life. Part 4. Rousseau's Quest for Natural Happiness in Modern Society In the heart of the 18th century, a voice emerged that would echo through the corridors of history, shaping the thoughts of revolutionaries and inspiring countless quests for freedom. This voice belonged to Jean-Jacques Rousseau, a Swiss philosopher whose ideas challenged the very foundations of society. At the core of Rousseau's philosophy is a poignant observation. Man is born free, but everywhere he is in chains. But what chains was Rousseau referring to, and how could humanity break free from them? Rousseau posited that humans, in their truest essence, are both free and intrinsically good. In the natural state, living by instinct, humans coexisted peacefully with nature and one another. However, the advent of civilization marked the beginning of corruption, the construction of societies led to inequalities, exploitation, and the metaphorical chains that bind humanity to this day. Rousseau's vision was not just a lamentation of the human condition, but a bold call to action. He sought to devise a way to liberate humans from these chains, aiming to restore a state of natural happiness amid the complexities of modern society. His proposal found expression in the landmark work The Social Contract, published in 1762, wherein he laid out a blueprint for a society capable of nurturing the innate goodness and freedom of its members. At the heart of his solution is the concept of the general will, the collective interest of the community. According to Rousseau, decisions that promote the well-being of all align with the general will and are thus just and beneficial. This notion transcends the mere majority rule. The general will focuses on the welfare of the entire community rather than the sum of individual desires. For instance, while a majority might favor tax cuts for selfish reasons, such a decision would contrast with the general will if it undermines the collective good. 
Rousseau envisioned a society harmonized with the general will, a community where individuals, freed from the relentless competition for wealth and status, would willingly obey laws that reflect the community's best interests. This societal model, he argued, would pave the way for genuine freedom, anchoring individual actions in the communal welfare. However, Rousseau's philosophy harbored a controversial element, the notion that dissenters against the general will might need to be forced to be free. In other words, compelling individuals to act for the community's benefit was, in Rousseau's view, a form of liberation, aligning personal freedom with the collective good. Rousseau's radical ideas on freedom, societal structure, and the pursuit of natural happiness continued to provoke thought and debate. His vision of a society attuned to the general will challenges us to consider the delicate balance between individual liberty and the common good, inspiring a continual re-evaluation of what it means to be truly free. Part 5. Kant's Vision of Universal Morality, Duty Over Desire Imagine yourself on a routine walk home, when suddenly, your path crosses with that of a person in desperate need of help. You rush to their aid, an act that to most appears undeniably charitable. Yet, according to Immanuel Kant, the iconic philosopher of the 18th century, the morality of your action isn't as clear-cut as it seems. For Kant, the essence of a moral act doesn't rest in the act itself, but in the intention behind it. Let's delve into a pivotal distinction in Kant's philosophy. The contrast between actions done out of compassion and those performed from a sense of duty. Suppose you assisted the person primarily out of a heartfelt impulse. While commendable, Kant argues that emotional motivations do not form the bedrock of moral virtue. Instead, true morality is found in actions performed out of a duty to adhere to universal moral principles. This brings us to Kant's central tenet. Our actions attain moral worth when they are guided by universal maxims that we endorse. Consider a scenario where bypassing a responsibility tempts you, such as feigning illness to enjoy a day off. Kant encourages a reflective pause to question, what if everyone behaved in such a manner? Framing this contemplation more specifically, what if lying to shirk responsibilities became a universal practice? If the prospect seems untenable, Kant urges you to steer clear of that course of action. To distill this further, Kant champions the idea that our motivations matter. The moral rectitude of our actions hinges on the maxims that drive them. By upholding truths we wish to see universally acknowledged, such as the inadmissibility of deceit, we align our conduct with Kantian morality. Why then? Would assisting someone in distress not automatically qualify as moral in Kant's eyes? If your intervention is spurred solely by pity, it lacks the cornerstone of duty, which Kant deems essential for moral actions. However, if your aid arises from a principled belief that we ought to help those in anguish, then your act transcends mere kindness to embody moral integrity. Kant's philosophy invites us to scrutinize not just what we do, but why we do it, urging a commitment to principles that could rightfully govern all of humanity. In embracing behaviors we deem universally worthy, we navigate the complex moral landscape with a compass of duty, anchoring our actions in the bedrock of universal moral law. 
Part 6. Nietzsche's Challenge to Established Morality in a Godless World Friedrich Nietzsche's life narrative is as captivating as it is somber. A prodigious intellect crowned a university professor at the tender age of 24, his journey was marred by ill health, leading to early retirement and years of obscurity, crafting philosophical works that barely saw the light of day during his lifetime. His later years were shadowed by a mental collapse, leaving him in the care of his family, far from the burgeoning recognition his work began to attract. Despite these tribulations, Nietzsche's literary and philosophical output has left an indelible mark on modern thought, particularly in ethics. His key insight revolves around the profound moral implications of atheism, an exploration that challenges deeply held beliefs and values. Nietzsche observed a paradox among his atheistic contemporaries who, despite denying the existence of a Christian God, continued to uphold Christian morality. He argued that the decline of Christianity offered a unique vantage point to critically evaluate its moral framework, unfettered by theological convictions. To Nietzsche, virtues such as kindness, tolerance, and compassion were inseparable from their Christian roots and consequently difficult to justify in a post-Christian moral landscape. He provocatively suggested that these values, celebrated for their nobility, originated from a place of resentment and powerlessness. Ancient societies like that of Greece, which revered qualities such as beauty, strength, and bravery, were countered by those who lacked such attributes. This counter-movement, characterized by envy, gave birth to what Nietzsche termed slave morality. Through this lens, he viewed Christianity as the epitome of a moral revolt, championing virtues born out of weakness as a challenge to the prevailing ethos of the powerful. Nietzsche's most radical proposition was that the decline of Christianity necessitated a re-evaluation of the moral values it propagated. He saw slave morality as an outdated relic, urging his contemporaries to confront the daunting task of forging a new moral outlook in a world devoid of divine arbiters. By calling into question the origin and legitimacy of our most cherished values, Nietzsche's work serves as a stark reminder of the complexities involved in navigating moral philosophy in the absence of religious certainties. His challenge to renounce outdated values and courageously seek new foundations of morality continues to resonate, prompting us to question the very basis of our ethical convictions in a rapidly changing world. Part 7. Wittgenstein, the philosophical therapist who unraveled questions. Philosophy is often regarded as a noble quest, an intellectual adventure through the most profound questions that have puzzled humanity across ages. Philosophers dedicate their lives to seeking answers to enigmas about truth, society, and ethics, endeavors that seem crucial to understanding the human condition. Yet, Ludwig Wittgenstein, a visionary thinker from Vienna who made his mark in the 20th century, cast a different light on these philosophical pursuits. Wittgenstein diverged from the traditional path of seeking answers to instead focus on dissolving the very questions that philosophers agonize over. He posited that the root of many philosophical dilemmas lies not in the mysteries of the universe, but in the confusions spawned by our use of language. His perspective was radical, 
Wittgenstein viewed words and language as tools for communication, not as vehicles to uncover some hidden, immutable essence of concepts like justice, reality, or goodness. Through this lens, he approached the age-old pursuit of defining truth. Contrary to the intricate theories crafted by his predecessors, Wittgenstein urged a return to simplicity, to observe how the term truth functions in everyday language, in different language games, as he famously put it. This approach offers a straightforward method to untangle philosophical complexities. Truth is as truth does, manifested in the diverse ways we employ the word in real-life situations. By applying this perspective, Wittgenstein believed that many philosophical problems would dissolve, rendered moot by our newfound understanding of language as a practical tool rather than a mystic cipher. Wittgenstein's role, as he saw it, was not to construct new theories or answers, but to act as a philosophical therapist. He sought to liberate fellow philosophers, whom he likened to flies entangled in the web of their own intellectual concoctions, by guiding them out of their self-imposed confusion. He envisioned philosophers not as captives to their profound questions, but as individuals temporarily bewildered by the complexity of language in need of clarity to emerge from their linguistic labyrinths. Wittgenstein's legacy, hence, is not a repository of answers, but a method of inquiry that challenges us to reconsider the origins of our philosophical perplexities and, in doing so, find our way out of the bottle. Final summary. Throughout history, humanity has embarked on a relentless quest for understanding, grappling with profound questions that touch the very essence of our existence, from the enigmatic realms of truth and morality to the intricate dynamics of society and individual conduct. Philosophers across ages and cultures have sought to illuminate the mysteries that define our world and our place within it. Despite centuries of intellectual endeavor, a singular truth or universal consensus on these matters remains elusive, underscoring the complexity and depth of philosophical inquiry. Yet, the journey through philosophy's vast landscapes is not without its rewards. The theories and insights garnered from this intellectual voyage have served as beacons of light, guiding us through the tumultuous waters of existence. They offer solace in uncertainty, evoke wonder in the face of the mundane, and challenge us to rethink our perspectives, pushing the boundaries of our understanding ever outward. The contributions of thinkers from Socrates to Nietzsche, from the ancient Greeks to the modern defenders and challengers of reason, form a rich tapestry of thought. Each philosopher, with their unique viewpoints and revolutionary ideas, has added a distinct thread to the weave of human knowledge, contributing to a diverse and vibrant philosophical heritage. As we navigate the currents of contemporary life, the reflections and doctrines of these intellectual pioneers remain profoundly relevant. They prompt us to examine the principles that govern our actions, question the foundations of our beliefs, and explore new dimensions of thought and consciousness. In essence, the enduring legacy of philosophy is not found in the resolution of its grand inquiries, but in the continuous dialogue it fosters, a dialogue that spans generations and civilizations, inviting us all to partake in the ceaseless pursuit of wisdom. Through engaging with these timeless questions, we partake in a shared human endeavor to understand the world around us and our place within it.
enriched by the collective insights of those who have walked the path of inquiry before us. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.